Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 88 of Intuitive Bites. Today I'm chatting with Rachel Goodman, who you may know from Instagram as dietitian.rachelgoodman. And we are talking all about feeling crazy around food around the holidays. And more specifically, we have Halloween coming up very shortly as this episode's being released. So I asked Rachel a little bit about, you know, feeling crazy around candy around the holidays. What can folks do to address that? Um, Rachel shares that she does not celebrate Halloween, but she celebrates Purim, which is similar in that there's lots of like candies and sweets and stuff around. So I will leave it to her to kind of share more about all of that. And yeah, another great conversation, just talking about like how to address these chaotic feelings, particularly around this time of year with the sweets and the candies. Uh, Before I dive into this episode with Rachel, I just wanted to share that my intuitive eating foundations group program is open for enrollment once again. And this is the last time that this program is going to be at this price point, as well as it's going to look a little little bit different in the future. So this is the time to get inside this group. It is an eight-week program. It's starting November 9th. The other thing that's different about this group this time around is that I am sending out recorded lectures weekly to participants, and then the weekly group calls are going to be fully dedicated to, like, in-the-moment hot seat coaching and Q&A. So this is going to be adding a lot more value to my program, and I'm really excited for that. So if you are interested, if this sounds like a fit for you, if you're ready to stop feeling crazy around food and thinking about food nonstop, this is, yeah, this is your opportunity. So the best way to get inside this program is to go to the link in my bio on Instagram at the intuitive underscore RD and click the link to get enrolled. You can also find enrollment links on my website, theintuitiverd.com. And As usual, if you have any questions about that, send me a DM on Instagram. I would be happy to chat with you more to see if it would be a good fit for you. All right, guys, that is all I have for now. So let's go ahead and listen into my conversation with Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to Intuitive Bites. I'm so happy to be with you here today. Can you please introduce yourself and just a little bit about the work that you do? Yes. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, So yes, my name is Rachel Gunman. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist. And like you, um, I help women have a healthy relationship with food, um, eat intuitively, meaning like listen to their bodies, feel good. Really, essentially, I think a lot of people would just call it like, I just want to eat normally, you know, from like, instead of binge eating and stressing and feeling guilt and anxiety, it's like, I just want food to be peaceful. So it's basically what I help them do and getting realigned with their body, eating in ways that feels good um, and really nourishing their bodies from a place of self-care without all of the guilt and the stress and the deprivation. And from this place, really living a healthy, happy, full life. I love that. Wow. That's beautiful. Can you share like just 
a little bit, I feel like this could be a very long story, of course, but a little bit <laughs> of how you got into this work, like where, what was your path? Oh, for sure. And it is actually, it's quite a long story. I'm not going to take up all the time. I actually did a whole podcast episode on that on my podcast, More Than What You Eat. But let me um, abbreviate things. So starting from the age of 11, that was my, it definitely wasn't the first time I was feeling negatively about my body. I think I could probably trace that to like even six years old, like mm. six, eight, like a really young age where I started just being aware of body and body sizes. But my first actual diet was when I was 11, um, which is crazy when you think about an 11 year old now. Yeah. I was like, I remember thinking, and I actually have this written in my diary, oh which my is God. crazy. I found a diary. Yeah. I'm like a big journal diary <laughs> person. I found my diary, like with the spring cleaning from when I was in sixth grade. And right there on the first page, it said, I'm fed up with being, you know, this size or this big, like with, I was fed up like with my body or whatever it is. That's it. I'm going on a diet. Wish me luck. Well, this is like 11 year old writing to her diary. So <laughs> I remember that was like my first official diet. And what I did was I just skipped recess snacks. So somehow at 11 years old, I understood that if I eat less, right, like you're in depth in, um, a calorie restriction, then like I'd lose weight. Um, and it, it worked, right? But hold up on that. Don't, you know, don't take that as a celebration just yet. Um, and like, I got comments like, oh, you lost weight, this and that. Well, keep in mind also that I was growing. So it could also be that I just had my growth spurt, um, you know, but that was when it kind of reaffirmed to me, like, yeah, thin is better. You're getting compliments. That really initiated my dieting, binge, food guilt, food stress, like unhealthy relationship with food for years. Because it wasn't like, oh, the diet was successful. And I never had to worry about my weight again. It did not take away any of like my body image issues. It didn't take away um, my food struggles because when I wasn't like watching what I was eating, I was also, um, I was binge eating. It was constantly on the cycle. And I, I tried so many different diets over the years throughout my teens. And it was also normalized. Like that's what everyone was doing in high school, unfortunately. Um, and so I remember lot, like long story short, there was this constant cycle of dieting and binge eating and negative body image growing up. And when I decided to go to college and like learn something, I was like, okay, I'll learn to be a dietitian so I could figure out my own issues yeah. and then help everybody else, which I think is such a common thing. Yeah. So many dietitians I know it's like, well, I had issues. So that's why I went. Right. Um, totally related. So, yeah. So, so I went to college, learned, and the thing is, is like, I had learned in college how to eat balance. Like you do learn that you understand the science and your body and all of that. Yet the thing was, I felt even more of a fraud and even like worse because I was like, now I know the information. I know what healthy, you know, quote unquote healthy eating is, but I'm binge eating. I'm eating like cake and all these things. And I should be the example. And there was just like so much shame, like quadrupled from knowing already what to do and this being my profession. And so it really just continued, um, this struggle. And then the, where it shifted was, um, after I had my second daughter, mm -hmm. um, I don't think like at that point I wasn't extreme anymore. Like I didn't believe in fad diets. I think we see that a lot with dietitians. Like I don't believe in fad diets, all of that, but I still, and I called myself a non-diet dietitian, oh, wow. but I was still focused on weight loss. 
So I still had what to learn. And um, (laughs) obviously, Um, and so I wasn't extreme anymore. And like with, but with my second, my second daughter, I was still like focusing on like losing the baby weight and all of that. And honestly, like with my first daughter, that was much easier because my body, you know, every person's body is different. So I did like the, the weight came off much faster with my first daughter, with the nursing and all of that. And then with my second daughter, it was like kind of feeling harder. Um, and I was feeling like I was up against the wall. And then I read the intuitive eating book. My dietitian friend told me about the intuitive eating book. And so I read that and so many pieces of that like matched up. And that's when I started shifting things for myself and doing that like my own healing around that and and body image. Um, And then it did take me a few months until I implemented it into my practice because like I was nervous. I was like, first of all, I needed to like take time to learn it and feel confident in uh, teaching it to to clients. Mm -hmm. I think you have to do the own work yourself first. The other part of it was this like limiting belief where you're so in diet culture, you think no one's going to want to come to you if you're not offering weight loss. Mm-hmm. And what really helped me take the plunge, because, you know, as a dietitian, you learn this career because you're passionate about it, but it's also your livelihood and what you do. And so you're nervous, like, am I not going to have any clients? Right. But what helped me uh, take the plunge and commit to you know, intuitive eating and helping women have a healthy relationship with food, um, be like above, you know, weight loss goals was realizing that what people really want is to be happy. And we keep doing diets because we think it's going to make us happy, but it doesn't. And so I genuinely was like, I want to help them really find their happiness. Um, and in order to find their happiness, they need to break free of dieting. And that's what I'm going to do. And I have no regrets. So there's obviously way more pieces to the story, but that was like the abridged <laughs> version of how I am where I am today. That is amazing. And um, we'll have to share when I share this episode, the episode where you go into full lengths with that on your podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I just love, love hearing everyone's story of like arriving to this work, but there are definitely a lot of similarities I can resonate in your story there. But also I just love that piece of like, what people really want is to be happy, to feel yeah. peaceful, to have relief. And they think the answer is dieting and weight loss. Um, but we can still deliver a path to what, you know, what they're seeking and actually deliver it unlike dieting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In a more peaceful way. I think a lot of people are, when they hear about it, they're resistant because it's a path they didn't know existed. It's almost like you're on a trail and you keep getting stuck in the same loop of you want to get off this trail, but then there's this hidden path that if someone would just move the bushes a little bit, you'd be like, wow, this trail takes you all the way down to the lake with this gorgeous view. And I was missing it this whole time. So hopefully this is going to help kind of move those bushes away so you can see the path and help you see that beautiful view that is your life. Oh, I love that. (laughs) All right, Rachel. So let's deep dive in uh, the rest of our time here onto, you know, this topic of the holiday season. So I want to start with Halloween or, or just like this uh, you're you're going to share a little bit here, but like the, the candy, the stuff all around, this is coming up for a lot of people in just a couple of weeks when this episode is going to be released. Um, so share, I guess, like your initial thoughts on like the stress around having all the sweets around and all of that. Yeah. Like as in why people stress about it. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. So, um, well, I had shared with you, Kirsten, like I personally don't know how to celebrate Halloween, but I do celebrate Purim, which is a Jewish holiday, which they're very different, very different reasons for celebrating them. <laughs> but the overlap, like the similarities is um, it's also for us like a day of a lot of like candy and sweets and chocolate. So I completely get that struggle. And I remember for years, that was a total binge fest day for me. Such a struggle. And I think that's why people stress because they don't trust themselves. They're like, oh my gosh, Halloween's going to come and I'm going to be bad. It's going to ruin my progress. Or like, I have to now compensate. There's a few routes that you can go about it. Either you're like, I'm going to be strong. I'm not going to have any. And then you find yourself at the end of the day, binge eating, like the entire thing, feeling gross, horrible, or, um, you start to compensate beforehand. You're like, Hey, so if I'm really good for three weeks or two weeks, then I've earned it. And then you still feel like you, and I've earned it. And I'm going to have like two pieces and then you still end up binge eating or feeling guilty or whatever it is. And so I think the stress around it really stems from not trusting yourself around that food. And the reason you don't trust yourself with that food is because you you've been restricting. And so I think a lot of people believe, oh, my problem with binge eating is that I'm not good at restricting. That's why, you know, I binge because I don't have self-control. No, the reason you're binge eating is because of the restriction. I think that is a very big light bulb that when people have, it's like, oh, okay, fine. So hopefully that's given you a little bit of a light bulb right now. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's where the stress comes from, distrust and worrying that you're going to like ruin your diet, ruin your good eating, which ha- it's a whole host of other food rules, but I think that's where it stems from. Yeah. Yeah. And also like too, like, like going along with this, like distrust, like all of these prior situations with let's say Halloween candy or candy in general or whatever, where you have felt out of control and you've eaten to an, you know, to a point of not feeling good. So like all of your experiences has, have been in this really negative way where you guilt and shame and blah, blah, blah. You haven't had these like positive, peaceful, like kind of neutral uh, situations or experiences with this candy. So with all of this said, like, what is your advice to the person who is like really feeling nervous about this upcoming holiday or, or, being surrounded by all the sweets, like what can they do now leading up to that? Absolutely. And I think it starts with, um, what you just said with the fact that, um, they have a reaffirming belief. They've reinforced the belief that they can't trust themselves with food. And that's just how we function as human beings. If we have a thought and we have a belief and then the actions align with that, then we keep staying in that same cycle. You know, the belief, the thought is I can't have it because I'll binge. And so you believe you can't trust yourself with that food. And then the action is actually binge eating. And so you really solidify this belief and it's very scary to break, to, to, to break that. And so it really starts with our thoughts thoughts. You have to start thinking and believing that it's possible for you and it's possible for you to trust yourself with food. Um, That before we even get into Halloween, I think first and foremost, you need to um, really practice eating enough and eating consistently because any advice that I'm going to give you about not binge eating Halloween candy is not going to be very effective if your body's not feeling safe to begin with. Your body needs to feel safe with eating enough and eating consistently. So a lot of people will say, oh, well, I eat enough calories and energy. I eat it all at dinner. And it's like, well, your bo- it's kind of like saying um, the car has enough fuel to get to like 100. The car kind of, you, you need to drive a certain amount of miles. So you're like, I'm going to drive 100 miles and then fuel my car. 
Like you're going to crash and burn, right? That would make no sense. And so your body is the same way. It's functioning now. It can't wait until eight hours later to get its fuel when it needs its energy now. And so, in, and it's not going to feel safe. And that's why you're also binge eating. It's going to be hard not to binge because binging could also be a safety mechanism if you're not eating enough. So step one, before any kind of advice on any holiday, any situation, start listening to your hunger cues, start eating consistently um, and prioritizing that. And so, so that's step one. Um, the next thing, once you're eating consistently enough, right? And, and, and enough, adequately and consistently, then we can start working on like the permission and the food rules. And the best way to trust yourself with Halloween candy on Halloween is to start incorporating that now. So, because the more you can trust that it's not this novel special food only allowed on a certain day, the less like entice. I don't know if enticing is the right word, the less exciting it's going to be. And the point is, is not that you should burn out from a food and you shouldn't get excited about it. But, you know, there is research to show that when you're dieting and restricting, the reward response in your brain does heighten. And you know that feeling where people are like, oh, I'm addicted to food. I can't stop eating. It's like, well, first of all, reward responses are normal, right? We have them when we um, listen to music, when we hold a baby, and when we eat, we need the reward response when we eat. Otherwise, we wouldn't. if like food wasn't enjoyable, we wouldn't be motivated to eat. We wouldn't seek food. We would die like if we're going extreme, right? We need it to survive. But it's heightened when you restrict yourself because the body is so brilliant. They're like, oh my God, this girl is restricting whether mentally or physically, which means, oh my gosh, we are limited access to food. We need to send as many signals as possible to get her to eat. And that includes a heightened reward response, which is why when you keep it novel, you feel like you can't stop eating it. You want to reduce that novelty and that reward response to come to normal levels by really letting yourself know that you can have it when you want it. So I would say whatever trigger food it is that you have, and you don't have to do them all at once if it feels overwhelming to you, choose one food. Like let's say if you love Snickers Mm -hmm. and that's like your thing on Halloween that you binge on um, or whatever it is, go maybe from least triggering to most triggering, but choose one thing right? And say, okay, I'm going to really just normalize this food. And you can say, I'm having lunch. I'm going to have it with my lunch. If you feel like comfortable enough and safe enough to have it with, uh, as a snack on its own, that's cool. Some people are nervous to have it just on its own. So I say, you know, have it in your meal, mm-hmm. have it with your, with your sandwich or with your salad or whatever it is, have a, a piece of Snickers, enjoy it. Um, it's great if you can have a whole pack in your house, but if you don't feel safe enough, really take it at your pace. Like just buy one bar, one bar on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, it's available on Tuesdays too, not just Halloween. Um, Have it with your lunch on a Tuesday afternoon and really notice the taste, the flavor. How did it feel in your body? Are you feeling good? Is it as good as you thought it was? I think that's a surprising thing for some people. It's like, it's actually good, but it's not that amazing. And that's probably, and that's probably going to happen with time, not the first time. And you could say, you know what, on Tuesday, I'm going to do that one exposure, you know, have that one exposure, see how you feel and say, you know what, on Thursday, I'm going to have it with dinner. And on Friday, I'm going to have it as a, as a snack with some nuts. And Really just plan like where you're going to incorporate it until you feel like, hey, actually I'm good. I, I'm, I'll have this another time. And that is a sign that you feel safe with it and you can move on to the next, to the next thing. Um, so basically knowing that whatever holiday foods they are, like 
you could really eat them all year round if you want to and learning to incorporate that day to day. I love that. And, and one thing that I always reinforce to my clients, which I feel like you're bringing up here too, is like, bring it into different scenarios, right? Like don't just have it like every, like, I don't want to say like every night after dinner or whatever, like try to incorporate it in different ways with a snack mid morning, with your lunch some days, with dinner some days, after dinner, some, whatever, like try to like vary it up so that you have these different situations and experiences with it. I also think one of the benefits to bringing it earlier in the day sometimes is it's not like this thing you're holding off to and waiting for. It's like, Oh, I, I get to have my like whatever Snickers after dinner. It's like, yeah. no, like this is just like a normal part. I can have it anytime. And sometimes being intentional about that can be really helpful in taking that power and intensity away from the food. Yeah, absolutely. I think you brought up a good point where someone, a lot of times I find that the after dinner treat is still some level of restriction because you're like, I need to earn it. I need to eat my vegetables. Like a lot of us grew up that way as kids, like eat your veggies and then you'll get the candy. Um, And so it's still like this level of distrust or sometimes people will be like, if I'm really full, then if I have chocolate, there won't be room to have more. But like, that's not how binge eating works anyway. Like if you binge, you don't really care how full you are. So the more you can start to allow yourself to have experiences in a setting that feels safe to you, right? Like I wouldn't say have that trigger food when you're distracted and when you're stressed, because then you're not going to have an accurate experience. But if you can really, and it's okay to have some planning around it. So if you can plan a time that you know it feels safe and you'll be present, you can start to get direct experience in building new thoughts, new beliefs, new actions, and new trust. The kicker here is that we can talk here, you know, me and you, Kristen, yeah. uh, Kristen, um, but you got to go out there and give yourself direct experience. You need yeah. to do this for yourself and face those fears. The only way to set new beliefs is to prove to yourself that they're possible and to be patient with yourself, especially if you have a long history, mm-hmm. uh, a history to, to work through. So set realistic expectations. I love that. Yeah. I think that's such an important point of like, you need to experience this for yourself. We can talk about it forever, but like, cause that's the thing. Like if you just rely on like, okay, they said this is okay. And I can do this, which is totally fine. If that's kind of where you're at, but if you're there, you're still putting the trust kind of outside of yourself. And like the magic comes in when like you have your direct experiences with your own fear foods and like that pattern and behavior shifting. And you can be like, Oh, there's a glimpse of something different here. There's a glimpse of, of some more peacefulness and neutrality. Um, and that's, that's amazing. One thing I also want to say here is just like when usually at this point when I'm having a similar conversation with clients, like they're like, this is terrifying. This is so scary. The thought of like allowing myself permission with, with these foods. And I love that you, Rachel, like brought in like these little these little stepping stones you can do, right? You don't have to go full force. You don't have to keep the whole bag in your house. If, if that feels like way too much, like trust your gut and, and like take it slow, but also just like to validate if you're feeling super freaked out by all of this, like it's normal to have some fear and excitement with this, this process. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's holding space for the fear instead of running away and not wanting to address it. So just normalizing it and like, okay, it's scary. It's nerve wracking. And also I think it's getting deeper into what am I fearing specifically? And that could be a whole podcast episode (laughs) in and of itself, because we probably both know where like what that fear is under all of that, which is related to body image and size and all of that. But recognizing that, you know, the fears in the, in and of itself, 
require time to heal and work through too. So there's lots of moving pieces to this, but it starts with you being aware of that and being willing to take steps forward. Yes. Such a good point, Rachel. So we had a lot of other things that we were going to dive into today. So I think I'm just going to have to have you back at some point here, but, (laughs) but let's just kind of tie a bow on this. So for somebody who's been listening to us chatting today about the holidays and the candy and feeling out of control and, and all of this, like, just like, what is like one last word of advice for that person right now? In regard to holidays? Yes with dealing with like the stress and feeling like really worried about feeling out of control or not trusting themselves around it, anything like that. What, what are your words of advice for that person at this moment? I think it, it, it depends where the person is like at when they're listening to this episode. And if this is like your first holiday season where you're experimenting with this, um, expect it not to go exactly as you plan. You know, you're, if, especially if you're just start at the start of this journey, the best way to keep moving forward is to recognize that every eating experience is a learning experience. So if let's say you had this, these hopes of, okay, I'm going to start incorporating chocolates and then I won't binge on Halloween or like I'll start incorporating apple pie and then I won't binge on Thanksgiving or whatever it is expectation that you had recognizing that, yeah, it may work out that way. And that's incredible. Um, but just because let's say you do end up feeling out of control with food on Thanksgiving, it does doesn't mean that you're failing. Rather, what happens is if we have judgment and guilt and stress, that blocks our intuition, that blocks like our problem-solving, rational part of our brain. And that keeps you from understanding what happened and moving forward. So if you can go into it knowing, hey, every eating experience is a learning experience. And if things go in a way that don't feel good to you, you can then take a step back and say, hmm, what happened here? How, like lean into that not good feeling in your body and say, what, what happened that brought me here? Is it possible that I skipped breakfast this morning and I didn't eat enough? Is it possible that, you know, the bag of chocolates were in front of my face just when I was triggered and stressed about something. And this was an emotional eating coping mechanisms that I need to explore. Is it possible that I haven't been incorporating this enough? And in my mind, somewhere in my mind, I was thinking I'm going to start fresh tomorrow and there's restriction to address there's always a reason. I think if you can go into it instead of judging yourself as saying every eating experience is a learning experience, there's a reason to what's happening. Maybe it just tasted really yummy and you have to kind of navigate like, oh my gosh, this tasted really, really yummy and I couldn't stop. I need to address that. Not the, It's not a problem that it was yummy, but <laughs> if you ate an amount that didn't feel good just because it tasted delicious, that's something to address too in... Um, you know, I feel like that's also a whole other topic, like the yumminess yeah. and the fullness. Um, but <laughs> assessing like your beliefs around food and um, the overall eating experience, there's, there's so much to uncover and learn. You need to give yourself time. And I think I've said this three times at this point, but I think this is the take home message, especially if you're at the start and this is your first holiday season that you're practicing this. Um, be super proud of yourself that you are choosing to reject like the old rules and the old ways that you know have not been serving you. Be patient with yourself and that keep this mantra in your head. Every eating experience is a learning experience. So if I can just practice some compassion to give myself some space to say, hey, can I reflect and think what might be contributing to this so you can learn from it and keep making progress? I love that. That's such perfect advice, Rachel. So let's kind of wrap this up and have you share where people can find you, any like offerings you currently have. I know you mentioned your podcast, like just give people all the information. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be airing like 
right before Halloween? Like soon, yeah. Oh, in a few days. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram at dietitian.rachelgoodman. That's where I hang out the most. Um, I do have an online course called Living Free, which really walks you through like I feel like all the nuances of in between of this pro- of this process, um, it walks you through all of that step by step. So it feels like more like streamlined and less overwhelming. So that's um, called Living Free. You can find that on my website, rachelgoodnutrition.com forward slash program or in the link in my bio on Instagram. Um, I also have a free guide to, you know, if you just want to get started, it's called Three Steps to Stop Feeling Out of Control with Food. Um, and it kind of covers the things we talked about here, except it's like a workbook that you can print out and do. So I'll share that with you to, you know, if you want to put it in the show notes. And since it's holiday season, I have another free guide um, called Guilt-Free Holiday Eating to help you show up to holiday meals in a very like centered way and eat in a way that feels good. So I'll share that with you as well. And you could also listen to um, my podcast, More Than What You Eat, um, where I shared my, I share my full story there, but also like you have, um, guests on, we talk about different topics, body image, intuitive eating, binge eating, all the things. Um, so yeah. And if you want to just like, you know, touch base, let me know, you know, what you thought of the episode or just connect. You could DM me, um, on Instagram. You can email me rachel at rachelgoodnutrition.com. I'd love to connect with you and that's it for now. <laughs> all the things. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you. All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode 88. Go find Rachel on Instagram at dietitian.rachelgoodman. I hope you enjoyed this episode on early holiday concerns when it comes to intuitive eating. There will definitely be more to come on the holiday topic in the next couple months. And if you are finally ready to get support on your intuitive eating journey and find some peace and freedom when it comes to food in your body. Stop obsessing about food, all the things. Don't miss out on my eight-week intuitive eating foundations program. The best way to get enrolled is to go to the link in my bio on Instagram at the intuitive underscore RD and you'll easily be able to get registered that way. You can also find registration details on my website, theintuitiverd.com. All right, guys, I will talk to you really soon. Hope you have a good rest of your week.